we have to build safety within ourselves. And if we're safe within ourselves, we feel more empowered to live a more authentic and a more autonomous life. I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. time for this interview i would love for you to tell our listeners exactly how unresolved trauma unresolved emotion shows up in our life and how it impacts our life it's a great place to start because a lot of times people don't realize that their behaviors their current behaviors are a result of what's happened in the past and the thing is with trauma trauma robs us of our sense of safety So if you think about it, if you don't feel safe moving through the world, think about how different your experience is going to be and how different your reactions to the world around you is going to be. So a lot of times, you know, what we'll see with um, someone who's who's has a lot of unresolved trauma in their system is they might be um, very overreactive or underreactive to situations. So they might their system will get stuck in the survival mechanisms of defense. And so those survival mechanisms are fight, flight, and freeze. And those experiences, the fight, flight, and freeze are only meant for acute periods of time. So they're meant for self-defense. But when we have unresolved trauma, um, those, those mechanisms get sort of stuck in the on position. So the easy example, the easy example would be something like a war veteran. Right. So a war veteran comes home from from war and perhaps, you know, they're overreactive to every situation. Perhaps they hear a loud noise in the street. Right. And they get they go into um, uh, an into an intense reaction or perhaps somebody is trying to help them with something and they go into a defensive posture. So that I always like to use that as an easy an easy way to sort of see it. And that's the unresolved trauma that's sort of showing up in the in someone's current behaviors. It's sort of like even though a person may even understand that their reaction might be an overreaction or an underreaction to a situation, it's almost like the brain and the body might be moving in two different directions. I know that a lot of people think that something only qualifies as a trauma is when it's something very violent or something be it emotionally or physically that has happened to you but that's not actually true no not at all for people who don't understand what qualifies as a trauma i would love for you to clarify that sure so most people think of trauma as an event like you're saying and, and maybe a violent event but trauma is really not, it's not necessarily about the event. Trauma is really the energy that gets locked in your body around real or perceived threat. And, and it explains why 10 people can have the same experience and have 10 different reactions or 10 different results from it. Because the thing that makes an event traumatic, really, you know, how it impacts from a trauma perspective is how soon in the aftermath of an event you might feel safe. So was there somebody there to help you in the aftermath? 
And that's a, that's a big piece of, of, of how trauma gets resolved. So if you think about like, for example, natural disasters, right? They, they immediately try to send people in to help to minimize the trauma impact that that experience is going to have. So if, if we get people in a natural disaster to housing and in recovery from the experience quickly, they're probably going to be less impacted than the people that have not had the support in the aftermath of the experience. So yeah, it's really that it's really not the event. It's really that energy that gets locked in the body that we that we're looking at. Okay, so it can be anything. It could it be something that you constantly experience in a childhood that may not in, in an isolated capacity qualify as a trauma, but a lot of people grow up with trust issues. Could that qualify as a, as a traumatic experience? If you're, in, as a child, you were not catered to the way a child should be catered to, could that qualify as a trauma? That's actually a great question. The answer is yes. So we have things such as acute traumas, so which would be a one-off experience, or then we have something called complex PTSD. And complex PTSD is just chronic stress experience. For example, exactly what you're talking about, a child that's never made to feel safe in their environment growing up is going to that constant stress on the body of, and of not feeling safe is going to impact that child. So one or two things is going to happen. They're going to probably try to defend themselves and, and go into fight or flight, right, where they to try to feel safe. And if none of those experience, none of those things help, that child will tend to go into a freeze. And it's why you often see adults that have had a chronic stress and trauma in their childhood where they look really calm and relaxed, but really what's going on is their system's in a freeze. If somebody has uh, repeated breakups or toxic relationship after toxic relationship, and it, maybe you're experiencing it as an adult with the adult's ability to inter intellectualize and understand and rationalize the experiences that you're having, could that still build into a trauma? Is that possible? Absolutely. I mean, think about a toxic relationship. Think about how I'm defining trauma. Trauma is about losing your sense of safety, right? And so a toxic relationship, what is that going to do? Um, so I would use I would use this as a frame of reference for anything. Do I feel unsafe? And if you feel unsafe, we can qualify that as a trauma. See, now I understand what you're saying. And I hope my listeners will also understand what you're saying. They'll get the idea. But the thing is that uh, we go through our lives and we don't, as you said, we don't really realize that we're locked into that state, that there is this stuck energy in our body that's that's holding us back or that's cluttering up each new experience in our life. So is there a way people can assess themselves, their, their mental, physical faculties for unresolved trauma? Is there a way to do that? Well, it's actually interesting. You know, um, I don't know, just to share this with your listeners, I wrote a book called Moving Beyond Trauma. And one of the things that I've, I have done in the book is, um, and it took me about a year to do this, I developed a series of assessments for the reader to actually start piecing together how their nervous system is functioning. And the first assessment in the book is what I call a trauma sensitivity assessment. And it's not how necessarily how traumatized you are, but it's how your past unresolved traumas are impacting your life today. So it's really a great tool for people to begin to ease into this concept of, okay, I understand something in my life doesn't feel right, but I don't know what it is. And this is actually a really great place for people to start to look, start evaluating and seeing where they are.
So the, there's a tool in your book that they can use. Yes. And is there any other, like any other tool that we can integrate into our daily lives that could help us assess ourselves? I think the big thing to do, I mean, I think it's always great to seek if you're feeling uncomfortable and you know something's not right in your life, is to go get professional help and to go speak to someone to help you evaluate and assess. I think I think it's really important when you start this process to have some sort of support. So, you know, I wouldn't say that I, I, I think that it's a self-assessment thing. I think I think when we don't feel right, we know. It's a matter of whether we want to pay attention to it and listen to it and honor it. Um, you know, look, dealing with trauma can be very intimidating and very scary for people. I think it always takes a lot for people to get to that place where they're willing to approach a professional. So in the meantime, if someone is, is there a safe way for someone to explore their trauma? Like if somebody uh, sort of has this epiphany that there is something wrong or something cluttered uh, in my head or something that's that's happened in my childhood or something, anything of that nature, is there a safe way for people to explore that without triggering themselves or having a breakdown? It's a good question. I think that that when we are uncomfortable, because what we're really looking at is a dis, dysregulation, right? What does trauma do? It dysregulates how our nervous system is functioning, right? So we're either in like an high activation state and and we're we're um, we can't settle our systems down or we just feel totally disconnected. You know, I always believe that the way to start healing this piece is because we're really talking about the body and the nervous system is to do things that are going to help you reconnect with your body in a safe way. So it might be for some people, and it's different for everyone. So it might be dance, it might be some sort of movement, it might be breath work, it might be meditation. Um, there's a million different ways to go about regulating your nervous system. But I think the thing is, it's to get curious and to start exploring different options. Okay. So I think that a person is going to resolve the trauma by going and rehashing the experience over and over. No, I think that actually creates more activation. So I think the first thing that needs to happen is we have to create a safe container in the body and allow allow for the body to start start feeling some sense of, of safety. You said that we feel disconnected or there is a heightened sense of arousal. What does that look like in, in real life? For people who don't understand these concepts, what would that look like? So the disconnection might feel like, you know, I hear people describe it in this way. I'm having, I never feel like I'm part of anything. I feel like I'm having an outer body experience. So that might be the disconnection. Okay. The other way it might look is, you know, they're always this hypervigilant or there's always like an overreactivity to everything or constantly feeling stressed, okay. constantly not being able to manage life. Okay. So, you know, life, life without feeling like it has any flow or fluidity, you know, that there's constant angst in the system. Okay. So those would qualify as a direct result of having experienced some trauma in your life? Okay. Yes. And if something a person doesn't feel peaceful and fluid in their life it's generally because there's some something in the nervous system is not functioning right and that re- that's not functioning right because there's some lack of safety in the system okay and i know that you are someone with a massive uh, range of experience in this area so what would a session with you look like so unlike regular talk therapy the work that i do is it's called somatic experiencing and it's a body based therapeutic modality and while we we do talk in the session 
this really what I'm trying to get to this real because I believe the real story is in the body. Okay. So in the session, we will talk about things and we but we're not necessarily going deep into the trauma because if a person's not ready to go there, there's going to be an overactivation or a shutdown in the system. But the body, the body will always the body doesn't lie. And right. So if the trauma is stuck in the body, we have to resolve it there. So often in a session, we might get to something and, and and the way we release trauma from the body is from heat, shaking and tears. So a lot of times in the session, we might get into something and we might see a lot of spontaneous movement in the body or the patient might have some need to have some sort of movement going in their body. And so we just kind of let those things happen. And so we're kind of shaking off the trauma. So if you think about um, the best, the best way I can kind of explain this is if we think about animals in the wild, you know, animals in the wild, they don't get traumatized. So why is that? So they have an innate ability and to, to basically to shake the trauma off. So if you ever watch animals after they've had a, a scary experience, they'll shake their bodies and then they move on. So that's the body resetting the nervous system. Okay. That's interesting. Humans do the same thing. But is there like somatic experiencing, is that recommended for certain type of people? Because I know talk therapy is something I think people are more familiar with, I think. But is there like a category that's more, that's better catered to with talk therapy? And then there's not, not, I mean, it's a good question, but not really like trauma is trauma. Right, right. So, you know, talk therapy will, will help you with what we call the top down, the highest level of the cognition, the cognitive process. So we can think our way through it and we can intellectualize it, but that doesn't, that that doesn't necessarily resolve it at an, at a organic level. And so that's what, um, somatic experiences it's what we call more of a bottom-up approach okay okay right top down but we also need bottom up right because talk therapy is really a great way for us to to understand ourselves better and be a little bit deeper in relationship with ourselves okay and can they work in tandem as well um they can um i you know i prefer because there's a process with um with somatic experiencing i prefer and we're really trying to get the person in their body and out of their head. I prefer not to do them in tandem. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times what happens with my clientele is I get people that have spent years in talk therapy. Right. And they're like, how do I still, even though I understand all my issues, I understand the origin, how come I'm still feeling all this activation? I don't feel resolved in these issues. So the work after that, you know, can be the can be the bottom up approach with the somatic therapy. So, okay, what I'm getting is that this is perhaps a safer way to explore your trauma without hitting any triggers. Yeah, it is. It's actually very well said. Okay, and I think a lot of people have this concern that while they want to explore their trauma, they're afraid that it's going to disrupt their their life. So is it possible to continue growing through your life even as you are healing your trauma? Absolutely. But it's the thing is, and, and that's a, that concern is accurate because when we continue to talk about the trauma over and over, all we keep doing is re-traumatizing the person. Right, right. And that's what, that's what makes somatic experience so different. The process is, is not about re-traumatizing it's about building enough safety within the person and the body so that they actually can at some point resolve the trauma and the trauma gets resolved when a person restores their sense of safety 
So this is in good information for anyone who is actively has experienced trauma, has binned it down or needs help. But I also want to explore with you like how each experience that we have in our life, even if we don't qualify it as trauma or even label it as such, impacts the, the story that we build in our head, the narrative that we create in our head, and how sometimes if there are unresolved emotions, how that impact the story that we are building and which in turn sort of impacts our mindset. And maybe we take on challenges in our life and we're not as qualified as we could be because of that narrative that's that's doing turns in our head, that, that's playing on a loop in our head. So is there a way, like, is there something you could recommend to people that they can be more deliberate about the story that they're building on a daily basis or be more aware of what they're internalizing? So what I do with my clients is I invite them to start observing because what does the story really do? The story is really a way for us to distract ourselves. We're trying in this story, what are we doing? We're trying to figure out the why, right? Right. Why something happened, why something is the way it is. And so it's just a distraction from what we're actually just simply experiencing. So the, the, one of the early pieces of the work that I do with my clients is to get them to simply observe. And the observation might look like something like I simply notice that I want to go deep into this story. I, sim I notice that the story is where I start feeling really amped up. So it's about getting to the what and not the why. And so that's a great place to pe for people to start because that's how we learn how to be more present. And when we're more present in our life, we have more capacity to be um, to have a more balanced nervous system. Okay. Okay. So we need to be more mindful and be more present with whatever that we are experiencing from day to day. So is there a practical approach they can take to this? It's about observation, and that's that's it's it's. People want to complicate this. And I'm just saying, if we can just simply observe ourselves and our behavior, we're going to be able to start calming down the nervous system. Okay, perfect. That makes sense. But if like something isn't working out in your life and you're feeling unsafe, as you said, is are there any defense mechanisms that we can build up that can help us dissociate from those experiences so that they don't become so massive in our head that it derails our life or turns into a trauma? Well, I think the big thing is that um, when we feel unsafe, the way we're going to restore our sense of safety is through safe connection. And so it's safe connection to ourselves and, and safe people in our lives. And so um, that to me is where the repair has to start. Um, identifying who your safe people are. I think it's identifying your resources and a resource is any a person place or thing that makes you feel safe so it's having safe space it's um understanding where you have empowerment within yourself um what you're capable of and the people around you that are going to make you feel like you that you're that you're safe and you have shelter so if you identify a friend as someone you're safe with do you then explore this trauma with you may but you know a, the safe the safe person is not your therapist your safe person is someone that you know that you have support and love and kindness and so those are the big things the safe person safe person is that person that's not going to judge you um and that's just going to be there to attend to you not and not fix it that's not not that's not what they're there for 
Um, it's about building resilience. It's about making sure that you're you're um, putting yourself in position with safe people. All of those things. It's not one particular thing. It's just a whole bunch of small things, steps that we can do along the way. It's about connecting with your body. It's about finding a, some sort of mindfulness practice, whether it's yoga or breath work or um, a moving meditation. All of those things are going to be things that will help us to build resilience in our own system so that when there is adversity, it doesn't become a trauma. So for someone who is uh, going through the motions of life and they are maybe they notice something that isn't working out, how can they identify that they're a good case for somatic experiencing? Like what would be the signal? Like does your body ever tell you that it there is a cluttered up negative energy or does your body ever tell you that there is something, there's some kind of help that it needs? Are there, is there any signaling system that your body has? Sure. I mean, it could be several different things. You could feel disconnected to your body. You can feel tons of muscle soreness and aches. You might just have chronic uh, you know, autoimmune disease. You might have um, chronic pain in your body. All of those things are going to give us an indication that there's some body-mind connection link that needs to happen. And are there any resources that people can explore to learn more about this? Sure. I think, you know, there's so many great books out there on body-based therapies. Um, the founder of Somatic Experiencing is a guy named Peter Levine, and he's written several books. I think his latest book is one called In an Unspoken Voice. Um, there's also um, a book called The Body Keeps Score by Bezel Vanderkolk. Um I think my book does a good job at really breaking it down to the layperson. Those books tend to be a little bit more for therapists. So I would just say, you know, there's lots of great books on body-based therapies out there. And so, uh, you know, plenty of resources. Okay. Is there anything you would recommend to people to avoid suppression, to have safer expression of their emotions or to maybe just build a more, to have more authenticity in their lives so that they can live the life they were meant for instead of simply, uh, you know, living a life that their trauma is compelling them to live. Right. Well, I think the thing is, it goes back to the same thing. We have to build safety within ourselves. And if we're safe within ourselves, we feel more empowered to live a more authentic and a more autonomous life. So all the things that I'm suggesting, meditation, breath work, yoga, all of those things are going to be steps to start feeling safe, to create more safety within yourself. So, you know, it's not like everyone's going to get to a somatic experience therapist, but intuitively our bodies know that they need to move. They know that they need breath work. All of these things are going to be things that help create nervous system regulation. And at the end of the day, that's really what, whether it's through somatic experiencing or any other modality, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Okay. So if uh, somebody takes takes up the suggestion and they start exploring their trauma, because a lot of the time, like I've witnessed in meditation, uh, during meditation, people have breakdowns, they, they cry, and they are, it's sort of like, you know, you're pressing on your wound. How do you get past that? Is there like, do you step away from that experience? Or do you keep going? Right. So you know, first of all, I wouldn't suggest that someone who's never meditated go and do an hour long meditation. <laughs> okay. And I think a lot of times people are like, they're like, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm going to go and start meditating. And they go do these, the, their nervous system is going to go haywire. Right. So the thing is, the slower you go, the faster you're going to get there. So all of these things that I'm suggesting, if you've never done them, all I'm saying is let's try five minutes of it. Okay. So 
you have to build up to these things to create, you know, and, and so it's not, it's not like just one day, you know, waking up and I'm going to fix this. I'm going to meditate every day for an hour. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And you've already shared like a bunch of resources that people can explore to learn more about this, but what would a session with you look like? Like if somebody approaches you with their issue, even if they're confused and they don't have a very clear idea, which people usually don't, even if they are approaching a therapist, they don't have a lot of clarity around their issues. What would that look like? What would that process look like? Well, it's different for every client, but ultimately what we're trying to do is, is and there's a million different ways to get there, but is basically to try to build safety and trying to regulate the nervous system. And every client is different. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out how their nervous system is functioning. And then I try to figure out what interventions we need to do to create more systemic regulation. And do you, because I know that a lot of people have now shared this concept that when you have trapped energy in your body, trapped negative energy in your body, it manifests as disease. It manifests as uh, chronic pain or or issues like arthritis, constant migraines. Is that something that you've also seen with your clients? Very much so. Okay, so if you were to resolve your issues on an emotional level, is that possible? Like with somatic experiencing, is it possible for you to have an emotional resolution to your issues and then uh, go on to a resolution that resolves your physical issues? A lot of times the physical issues clear up when the emotional pieces start clearing up. Yeah. Very much. I see this all very often, right? Because the person, there's more, there's less stress in the body. There's less inflammation. And so all the things that you're talking about, like muscle pain, headaches, it's all from inflammation, which is a stress response in the body. All right. That makes sense. So if you were to step away from the word trauma itself, and we were just to talk about the daily anxiety, like with the pandemic, a lot of people have experienced so much anxiety. So as someone who is familiar with all of these concepts, how do you manage them? Is there any like self-care practices that you follow? So every, everything that I tell you, like I do yoga, I do breath work, um, I eat well, um, I stay connected to friends. All of those things create balance for me in my life. But if you were to give people just one tip that could help them enhance the quality of their life, the quality of their their emotional life, or make them more aware of what is going on in their body, what would that one practice, one tool be? Stay connected to safe people. So stay connected to people who make you feel safe right. and who allow vulnerable without any without triggering any trauma or negativity yeah for sure that makes sense this is great this is great information and i really do hope it helps people anything else you would like to share people want more information on somatic experiencing and the work that i do they can go to my website which is www.eileen which is i-l-e-n-e eileensmith.com or you can follow me on instagram at eileensmith trauma healing um and um, as I mentioned earlier, there's assessments on my website that are also in the book that people can take and start um, you know, looking at their, their unresolved trauma. That was Eileen Smith, and I'm so grateful to have had her on this show. If you want the list of resources mentioned in this episode, you can get it on my website, redefinenarrative.com. Search for the podcast episode, and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. And if you want to get in touch with our guest, the page will have all their relevant information. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krapi 
so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Instagram or use the contact page on my website. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.